from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 202, Forever Skyward. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm John. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, we are here today to talk about a project that is extremely near and dear to my heart. I know it's near and dear to John's heart. Uh, and that is uh, the comic Skyward. Uh, you guys have heard us talk mm-hmm. about it many, many times before uh, on the show. Uh, it has definitely become one of my all-time favorite comic book series. Before we get into talking about some of that, I did want to give everyone kind of just a brief update uh, as far as some things that have been going on for me, because I know not everyone follows uh, is connected with me on Facebook or follows us on Twitter and all that type of stuff. And if, if, you're, if you're not following us on Twitter and Facebook, then you definitely should be. Um, <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, I, I did have I know recently I said that I was wanting to get episodes out more consistently. That was my goal for 2018. Well, life tended to have different plans for me. Uh, sadly, uh, my dog, who many of you guys know, is like a child to me, and uh, Chuck in the past has said, uh, I, th- I think we've done this on the show before, he says, would you give up eight, uh, give up your dog for $800 million? And I said, there's absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, unfortunately, she does have cancer. Uh, she had a tumor recently removed, uh, and the biopsy from that uh, tumor came back, uh, letting us know that we actually don't have very long with her. We have an uh, average of about three months with her. Um, so all of my time has been devoted to uh, to her and my wife and us going through this. She is doing awesome right now. Uh, she for those three months they told us they, that she will be like her old self. She she will they will be a good three months. Uh, and, uh, we'll be able to enjoy the time with her. We are going to spoil her rotten, uh, during that time. She will be sleeping on the bed with us. She will be getting treats whenever she wants them. I will be taking her for walks every day. Uh, so she will, uh, not that we didn't spoil her before. She was, she's been spoiled her whole life. 
Uh, but we have, we've had three, uh, we've had uh, 12 wonderful years with her. Uh, so she did have a very full life, but it is a very sad time for us. Um, I plan on doing more episodes of the podcast just to bring some normalcy back to my life uh, and kind of get my mind off of things. But I did want to let everyone know as the reason why uh, you haven't seen an episode probably in a, f- a few weeks. Um, so just wanted to kind of update everyone there. But I don't want to spend any more time talking about that. Uh, I do want to talk about this awesome, awesome Kickstarter that is out there right now. And John, I'm going to turn things over to you to introduce our special guest. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, yeah, this is indeed very special and, you know, sitting here kind of reflecting as we got started. But, um, I met Jeremy and Kelly Dale back at Baltimore Comic Con in 2010. And Jacob was very, very young and was just <laughs> getting started with his drawing career. And, um, they were some of the first professional folks that we met and we were at the table and, and Jeremy did a lot of GI Joe work, most of you know. And, and so we were looking at pages and we had our sketchbooks and, Kelly was so sweet and just very open to Jacob and like they were giving him critique of his work. And some of you may have heard the story. They gave him a pen. He came back the next day and he, he had inked a Obi-Wan and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn and, and she wanted to show it to him and all. So we were just really fortunate to get to know the Dales um, then and, and over, you know, over the period of the next few years, seeing them a lot of places, uh, you know, our co-host Shannon, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight, uh, ran around with them and, and, you know, he, he just, you know, it was it was always a joy to be sitting with him, listening to them kind of go back and forth. And uh, but Jeremy also mm-hmm. had this amazing book, Skyward, that he created. And, you know, I, I was really lucky to be early on in the process, you know, to see the black and white editions and stuff that was out there. And uh, mm-hmm. anyhow, so uh, unfortunately, as most of us know, you know, Jeremy passed away several years ago and um it was uh, obviously a, a very, very sad time and, and continue. You know, I miss him and I miss seeing Kelly at all the shows I go to now. But uh, the kind of the exciting thing that had come up in the last, I guess, first of February or so is Kelly announced that uh, she was going to kickstart a project to put out a complete Skyward volume. Uh, all the issues, including the last issue that she'll tell us more about that, that she's worked on. And that, again, uh, unfortunately, he's not here to, to – uh, us to tell him how much we're ha- how happy he was able to help, but uh, Shannon did the uh, pencils for it. So, um, without further ado, Kelly Dale, <laughs> welcome, Kelly. Well, thank you guys. Um, and again, to all of you out there listening, I do apologize. <clears throat> I have a little bit of a sinus allergy thing going on, so bear with me. Um, thank you, John. I, I I do remember the first time Jeremy and I met you and Jacob and. It was delightful. And just him coming back, being so excited about that Obi-Wan piece. Um, it's it's something that Jeremy and I both love to do at shows. It's actually meet fans that weren't just fans of either his artwork or comics, but just they were fans of the passion when it, of comics and everything that comics actually are and were. And, and it's so cool to see. And so we just really enjoyed and all the times that we had a chance to see both of you. Um, now, as you said, yes, now Jeremy did, of course, work um, on G.I. Joe, and that's where a lot of people do know him from, but again, he did start his very own creator-owned series, Skyward, and for those of you who don't know, it's a, um all-ages book, so it doesn't matter, you can hand it to a younger audience, and it's okay, it's safe, 
but it's not written down to them. So an older, the older audience can actually read it and still appreciate it. Um, but it's about a boy and his dog trying to unite their land against the armies of the, of the brother Kings. And it's a high action adventure fantasy, kind of like your legend of Zelda or a Lord of the Rings type of thing. Um, Jeremy had planned Skyward to be an ongoing series. Like he actually had it planned all the way up to issue 50. Wow. And yeah, and I still have a lot of his notes and um, of like some of his preliminary drawings from later on that he was planning on doing. Um, but as John said, we did lose him unfortunately in 2014. And for those of you who don't know, Jeremy finished issue nine and he left issue nine of Skyward on such a cliffhanger that I still have fans emailing me or calling me saying, what, who is behind the mask? What happened? (laughs) So after Jeremy passed away, um, probably a month or two after I knew that I had to give everybody an issue 10, not just for myself and for some closure there, but for the fans also, just to give you guys a, who was behind the mask and to kind of answer some questions. Um, but I was just waiting till it felt right to actually, because this is going to be um, not just kind of my closure, my farewell, but it's, I think, for all of us, a, a final, you know, we love you, Jeremy. This is to honor you. And then also farewell in many ways. Um, but so I'm doing a Kickstarter, as John had mentioned. Um, it's for the Skyward Omnibus. It's going to be over 250 pages easily. It's going to include all nine issues plus all of the free comic book day issues, the comics fest or the Halloween fest, all of those. And then I um, took what Jeremy wanted to do for issue 10 and sat down with Barbara Kessel. And she actually helped me. She actually wrote it. I told her what I wanted in it. She made sure she answered all the questions um, that Jeremy had kind of set up along the way. And then I figured out a way that I could kind of make, kind of give closure to the series of Skyward without truly ending it. So with her help, we were able to write it. And then, as you said, Shannon, who is amazing, um, actually drew it. Um, and right now it's being finished color um, between Catherine Leno and Laura Martin. And Tom Zoller is being a deer and is doing the letters for me. Nice. And he's going to actually help me put the entire omnibus together. Or I should say he's going to put it together and I'm going to be like helping him because I'm not entirely sure how to do this. But he's he's graciously said that he will be more than willing to, you know, make sure that it's done right. So the omnibus will be all of those issues plus issue 10, which will be 32 pages. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a it's a huge issue. And then I'm going to have all of Jeremy's um, all the covers, all the covers that were from the guest artists like Stefan Rue and Darwin Cook and Phil Noto. Um, so it's going to be all of those covers, the ones that have actually been seen, as well as the ones like Darwin's was supposed to be for issue 12. But of course, that didn't happen. So I want to make sure that everybody can still see all of these beautiful covers that were created. And there's going to be a bunch of preliminary work in there, character sketches, the very first like Skyward Sketch ever, things like that, that were a bunch of extras also. Nice. Did I, did I answer everything? Yeah. No, that's fan- That was beautifully done. Um, <laughs> no, and, and like I said, I've, I've never made it 
unknown on the show, the, like how much I loved the series. I, I think you said it perfectly as far as what Skyward was uh, about. As far as uh, number one, I, I love the fact, and it's the it's the title I point to all the time. Anytime so I, someone wants an example of what I mean by a good all ages comic, because it's exactly right. what you said there. All ages should be something I can hand to uh, a nephew. Uh, I have nephews that are like mm-hmm. eight and ten. But that I can also read and go and get a lot out of it and enjoy it. And uh, it did all of that for me. I can give it to someone that's 90 years old and they could probably enjoy it as well. So, um, like you said, exactly. it never talked down to anyone, but it was just a fun adventure. And that's the type of right. stuff I grew up with. And I'm, I know that's the type of stuff Jeremy grew up with and that's what he wanted for comics. So, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, the the series be, quickly became my favorite. Uh, and that uh, I remember meeting Jeremy and you at, at Baltimore the one year I bought a G.I. Joe page off of him. And uh, yes. and John was telling me about, you got to check out Skyward, you got to check out Skyward. And I remember I, I actually, I think I went online and found one of the, the graphite ones. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I think, and and then I was like, I read through that and I was like, this is great. Love the art, love the story. And then when I heard mm-hmm. it was actually becoming a series, I was like, I was all over that. And I think I have found, I've, I've gotten all of the variant covers. I've found all the graphite <laughs> stuff. Like, I was mm-hmm. devouring anything that was Skyward at the time. So uh, I recently yeah. reread all, obviously, because knew we were going to be doing this, I reread all nine issues again and right. fell in love all over again and noticed, and, and I know Jeremy did this intentionally, Noticed so many things I didn't pick up on the first time I read it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Did you notice the squirrel? Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, the the other thing that I noticed because this I found out about this, so it, it's funny because I know there was a lot of um, inspiration from the comic Telos, uh, right? For for Jeremy in it, but the funny thing is I discovered Telos because of Skyward. And not really? and not the other way around. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So reading it a second time, I picked up all the little references that in backgrounds and everything else that were direct pulls from Telos and everything. So, um, mm-hmm. and I got to talk with um, uh, with the writer of Telos uh, at um, uh, Baltimore this year and was was talking to him and everything. And I did mention Skyward to him, and he's like, "Oh yes, that's." Uh, that was definitely, yeah, Tessa Zago is yes. a delightful person. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you had a chance to talk to him. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. And I and I was, a, much like what you're doing here, they did uh, continuations of the stories that happened in Telos uh, just recently. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, I, I am very eager for uh, this omnibus. I actually have a couple friends from work who knew nothing about it that have joined the Kickstarter because of how much I was telling them about it. Uh, mm-hmm. so well, thank you. Yeah, no. And they're like, and because I also knew they were exactly what you mentioned as far as like a little gateway to it was, I knew they were big fans of legend of Zelda. And I was like, okay, if you want to see something that has that type of inspiration in it, uh, has that fun story to it. And, uh, I was like, this is, this is what you want to be reading then. So, well, truthfully, and again, since I, I, Skyward itself is finished after issue 10 and I left it open enough. If I wanted to take it to some other medium, mm-hmm. then I, I'm, I have the option to do that, but it's, it won't be able to be a comic after issue 10 because it's no longer Jeremy's, right. you know? Right. But talking about Legend of Zelda, 
because Telos and Legend of Zelda were such big influences for Jeremy, and I can share this with you guys because, like I said, it's not going to continue. The original plan for Skyward was everybody in the main cast, in the main group, we're going to have to go on these different adventures throughout the land collecting different artifacts. Oh, nice. So you'd have, like, the bow harp, you would have the, mm. the whiff shoes, you would have the axe, the sword, and there's uh, the helmet, the breastplate. I mean, there's a variety of different things they'd all have to collect. Right. They were going to take them all to the this um, old abandoned temple, and it was going to call back the legendary hero so he could fight the Brother Kings. Mm. And, it, and it would end up being... an paying homage the legendary hero was going to be like an older version of link that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) and they had to collect all of these different things and take it roughly to the temple of time again and if you knew legend of zelda then you could appreciate it you know yes um and then ends up being that the brother kings were are pretty much in rule but they have the high king over them which would be a representation of ganon Oh, boy. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, yeah, so Jeremy's original plan was a Skyward was a, pretty much a love story, um, his own kind of love story to Legend of Zelda, to Telos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, I will have to take a picture of it and send it to you. Uh, but, again, like uh, John said, uh, Shannon couldn't uh-huh. be here with us, but this past Baltimore Con, I gave him – my blank cover to Skyward, uh, the blank sketch uh, cover. And I said, here's what I want. I want Quinn with his dog, Jack fighting back to back with link. Nice. And he did, as you could imagine, Shannon doing, uh, I said, take as much time as you want. You don't have to do it here at Baltimore con, take it home, do it, do it upright. And, uh, he sent it to me at Christmas time and he's like, Merry Christmas. And, uh, I'll have to take a picture and show you what he did. It was every bit as wonderful as you could probably imagine it to be. So, uh, that's, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that was a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, some of the characters and for, mm-hmm. for the listeners, I do want to let you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to, do our best to not spoil any story plots necessarily, but I do want to talk about some of the characters. Kelly, if you know some of the inspirations for some of the characters, that's would be fantastic. Um, and or just some of the thoughts behind the characters and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't want to spoil any story elements for anyone because I want people to get this Kickstarter. I want them to read the story and enjoy it just as much as as we have. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, the main character, the folk, kind of one of the big focal points of the story is Quinn, which is the uh, the boy, um, right. and uh, he uh, he's given a sword by his father. Uh, and mm-hmm. Corin, and uh, it much like we talked about with Zelda, it's uh, it's very much like the Master Sword uh, in some respects. Right. It has some elements of that to it. Uh, and he has his dog Jack, and Jack is always getting into stuff. He's always <laughs> he's he's got those moments that honestly make me laugh out loud. It's because it's just like, what did the dog get into now? <laughs> well, in I still to this day will still laugh on issue three mm-hmm. where they're falling. Those, yes. For those of you listening, you'll have to read it. But <laughs> he, they're falling, and there is a panel where there's a little itty-bitty Jack, and he's, like, upside down, yes. and he's, like, falling. And I, to this day, still laugh at that one. He just, just looks so awkward. Yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, 
Now, you guys had uh, had dog Kirby. Am I correct in that? Yes. Okay. Which, so Jack was actually taken from our dog, who is still around. He's actually snoring peacefully at the okay. moment, <laughs> about five feet from me. Um, his name is Kirby, and Kirby is a Carolina dog. Uh, we got him from the shelter. Um, Carolina dog, I didn't realize, was an actual breed. Um, it's like the only Native American breed, and it looks exactly like how Jeremy draws him. Nice. With a little white stripe on his head and everything. Nice. Uh, the funny thing is, as you go through all of the issues, some of the expressions that are on this Jack's face, it, it's exactly the expressions that Kirby has. Nice. Um, like, I can show you guys pictures of, like, the most iconic piece of this entire series is in issue three where Jack is hugging, or I'm sorry, Quinn is hugging Jack, and it's this full page, and you can just feel the emotion in it, uh-huh. and it's just this beautiful page, and I can show you the exact picture that Jeremy more or less based that off of. Nice, nice. I mean, it's the exact that's, dog face. It's, that's it's awesome. Beautiful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, I assume, and, and maybe I'm completely off base here, but I assume that there is no mistake as to why the dog in the book is named Jack and your dog is named Kirby. <laughs> exactly. Jeremy's all-time favorite artist. It's paying homage to Jack the King Kirby. Nice. Um, now, we named Kirby Kirby because he would walk around with a, a little... Um, one of those like little bones that kind of almost looked like a cigar. Okay. He would walk around and he wouldn't chew it. He would just walk around and be <laughs> like sticking out of his mouth like a little cigar. So we're like, yeah, you're totally a Kirby. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and the thing I loved with Quinn too is, um, man, it's it's one of those things where Jeremy did such an amazing job of of giving Quinn every expression. Like you connect with him as a character from the moment you see him, he's wide eyed. He's got the whole world in front of him and he, he deals with tragedy, he deals with joy and it's, and every single emotion is, is there. And he becomes, mm-hmm. he really becomes not only the focal point of the story, but like your eyes focal point when you see him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's, it ends up being, um, I, a fan actually mentioned this before that Jack and Quinn remind him of R2 and C-3PO, and they kind of lead you through. Yeah, I can very much see that, very much so. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, uh, he he had his father, Corin, mother, Taryn, and uh, they're all living, uh, trying to live in peace, basically. Corin's had, uh, he's been a legendary warrior in his past, and has a history behind him that we learn about in the story, and but really, mm-hmm. right now, he just wants peace. And as you, as, and again, I don't think this is giving anything away story-wise. But as anyone could guess, his past comes back to haunt him, uh, or right. or catch up with him, uh, in the name of a character named Herod, which I found very clever in my mind because for some reason I thought very biblically with uh, <laughs> with Herod. <so. laughs> well, and that was the purpose of it too. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh-huh. And then uh, he's got his slog riders, uh, who yes. are these little goblin characters. And Aren't they awesome? They are amazing. The creature they ride is called a slog. And yeah. those are actually baby slogs. Later on in the series, like during like the Battle of Three Rivers, you see the huge ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the full grown. And these are these monster elephant armored 
mole creature things. <laughs> and they're called slogs. Yeah. And Jeremy created these like little slog riders. And his when he drew them originally, his idea was he wanted the Muppets to meet heavy metal groupies. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking as a Muppets fan, uh, I'm a huge Muppets fan. He, he nailed it perfectly. Um, right. And, and and we are a predominantly 80s podcast. I will for so for I will give many references out there to different things that may be intentional or not intentional, uh, but mm-hmm. to kind of give people something to relate to. They remind me very much of the little goblins that you'd see in the movie Labyrinth. Um, yes. So yes. So that was that's where the slog riders kind of started mm-hmm. was from the labyrinth. And then Jeremy built it further because, again, he thought it would be funny that they would like heavy metal groups. Oh, yeah, for sure. And they totally <laughs> act that way, too. So. Right? <laughs> um, and then the, the small slog riders, the best way I actually wrote some notes here, the best way I could describe them, because I, I looked at different elements, the small ones, I, I related it to a pig with like a turtle's face, but then like spider eyes on it. <laughs> it was just right, right. And almost like a, a a mix between like a elephant and a bulldog. Yes. Body. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Um, then we meet some other characters. Uh, we have John, uh, who is kind of a bumbler when we first meet him. Uh, he's very good intentioned. Uh, yeah. He has a kind of an unrequited love for another character we'll mention a little later. And mm-hmm. uh, I will say for, for me, usually this is, not the character I I would identify with, but this is totally the character I identify with because this John would be me if I was in this story, um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think that's necessarily flattering for me, but it's the truth. Well, <laughs> well, it's if you think about it, where John starts and yes. then where he ends up in the way the story progresses. Yeah, and again, there's a lot more that you could tell Jeremy wanted to do with yeah. John. Yeah, John is one of those. He's one of those good honorable characters yeah. that do have good intentions and then he grows into the man that you know he wants to be. Yes. And I will say too, uh, as we go through these characters, uh, for the listeners out there, this was nine issues and you're going to be amazed at how many characters were in this these nine issues but also when you read the story you're going to be amazed at how much each one of them actually gets developed. Even the characters that aren't around for very long you really get a sense of who they were uh, and, mm-hmm. and are and everything. So uh, John is, is someone like you, you mentioned, he, he goes through a progression and in those nine issues, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty big progression of his character. Um, right. So uh, then we have uh, Richard uh, who is the town regent and he's the father of mm-hmm. Abigail, who we're going to mention in a little bit. And we have Tanner who is John's father. Uh, mm-hmm. And the thing I found interesting with Tanner is he keeps getting convinced to keep going in this adventure. It's like he keeps wanting to like say, okay, we're come on, we're going to move along, and and somebody ends up telling him, nope, we got to we got to do this next, and he's like, all right, fine. <laughs> so. Right. He he reminds me of that 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 big Papa Bear that's just going, okay, fine. Yes. You know. <laughs> yes. The, and, kid, the kids want to stop here, fine. Yes. Know. And he's also very protective. Uh, you know, he, he's he's just like that Papa Barrel. You say, okay, the kids want to do this, fine, but I'm also going to make sure they don't get hurt. So, right. Um, then we have uh, my next favorite character. So Quinn, of course, uh, I think for a lot of people will be their favorite character. Quinn is my favorite character. But my second favorite character is Abigail. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, she, the thing I love that uh, she's, you know, she's strong. She's independent. She's uh, she's a really good with a bow and arrow. She's a, a good tracker. Um, she really does become like almost another focal point of the of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing I love that Jeremy did with her. Um, and, and many listeners know this. I love strong female characters and Mm -hmm. she is exactly that without it being like, Hey, look, I have a, I made a really strong female character. Look at her, look at her, look at like, she is just that way on her own, her character, her personality and everything is just exactly the character you just gravitate towards. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, he did. He wanted to make sure he created a very iconic looking as well as, um, character-based type of female. Yeah. Um, because, again, he wanted to make this all ages, and all ages does not specify it has to be boys only. Right. He wanted, he wanted like, little boys to be able to be like, ooh, I want to be like John, or I want to be like Quinn or Corin or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted little girls to have peep somebody, too. Yeah, yeah. And, and she is an amazing character for a little girl to read, or and like I said, for me, she's a second my second favorite character in the whole thing because she's just such a strong character. She is, and what I love about it, and I told Jeremy too, Abigail, she's headstrong, which is sometimes not good, right? But she is, she's very confident in herself, confident in her own abilities, but at the same time, you can see her, like when she interacts with John, mm-hmm. you can see a softness to her. Yes. As well as being a little annoyed at times with them. <laughs> but at the same time, she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't purposely go out and be like, I'm a woman, hear me roar. <laughs> right. She never does that. She never puts down anybody else just to prove that she's a strong woman. Right. Which I really appreciate that also. Absolutely. And uh, much like I was saying with her being my uh, kind of, or her kind of being that second focal character, much like, uh, just this is just a little aside, but much like Quinn has his dog. Of course, Abigail has a cat. <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> um, and she is the uh, interest that I mentioned earlier that John, you know, we find out John has feelings for her. And uh, uh, but they are also they've also grown up together. And uh, yep. uh, initially that, be, that that's a bit of an issue <laughs> so, <laughs> for John. Um, right. Then we have She's kind of the epitome of the girl next door yes. for John. Oh, and she yeah. actually is the girl next door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the next characters, uh, and I just kind of wrote these characters as we came across them in in uh, throughout the story. Uh, uh-huh. So then we have uh, the Vox, who are like these mm-hmm. messengers from the kings that are in charge of Herod's army. They're like these almost like ghostly robed characters. They're very mysterious. We don't know a lot about them. They're just, when they show up, they're almost those characters that when they show up, you get a chill. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, the Vox are kind of like the, the king's, the king's voice, the king's eyes. Yeah. And there was so much more Jeremy wanted to do with the Vox. I mean, there's a reason. It, it's kind of like when you watch or read uh, G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Especially if you watch the old cartoon show of G.I. Joe, there's times when you're like, Cobra Commander is such, like, sometimes a bumbling idiot. How are everybody afraid of him? <laughs> you know Never. You, Come on, Kelly. Never. <laughs> You've seen the cartoon from the 80s. 
We, co- the, we cover it we on the show. We review the show. <laughs> <laughs> so John knows it very well. In fact, the episode before this one was us covering five episodes of the cartoon. So, yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Um, well, it's one of those things where it's like, when the box shows up, it just makes you go, what the crap did they do to make everybody like Herod afraid of them? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because there's definitely some mystery there. You don't really see their faces. Uh, they kind of float rather than walk. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, it's um, it's very, very interesting. Much like you were saying with Lord of the Rings, they they almost remind me of the ring wraiths uh, as far exactly. as how they just move along. Exactly. But it's like, yeah, it's like the ring wraith, but you don't actually see them other than sending messages. You don't really see anything else from them. Right. And... Like I said, there was a lot more Jeremy wanted to do with them. Yeah. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, then we have, uh, a, I guess the best way to describe this character is he's he's the quote-unquote cool character, or probably the character if action figures are made, everyone's going to want the action figure of this character. Um, scare again. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> So we have Scarigen, who is, uh, the, he's a, like a masked warrior. Uh, his costume reminded me, I don't know if this reference will be lost on anyone, uh, or if anyone will get it, I should say, but his costume reminded me very much of a, a character from the game Soul Reaver. He has like this, mm. has this, uh, this scarf that he wears around him. He's tight knit, uh, body armor and everything else. Um, he's just yeah. that, he's that cool threat character. He also has a little bit of elements of Deadpool to him where he's, he, he gets mouthy. Yep. In battles. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Cause when he first shows up, he's, he seems like that cool character that doesn't say a whole lot. And then right. you find out that is not the case at all. <laughs> I still like his comment. Awkward. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, he's a, he's actually able to call upon like uh, weapons of energy as like this axe that he can call upon and everything. And it, again, adds to his coolness factor and uh, right and everything. Um, so Scarigan is part of Herod. So Herod's one of the generals, right, mm-hmm. for the Brother Kings. And Herod has his own group called the Ravens, and Scarigan is part of that. And there is, um, if you ever, if you saw the. I think it was the Halloween issue where it called Into the Grim. Yes. Quinn has a like a vision and it has all these different faces and things like that going on and there's a couple different other characters. There's Red Lion, there's um uh Scarigan is part of it. Um and there's like five or six and I won't give it away. There's five or six different characters that are part of the Ravens, which are like the elite assassins of Herod's group. Yeah. And Scarigan is kind of the leader of that. Nice. Okay. And you're going to actually, in issue 10, see a little bit more of the Ravens. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And um, so all those characters you saw from the Vision yeah. make an appearance in issue 10. So that way. Cool. Yeah. And some of them are some of them are really cool. Like Red Lion would have been really cool to see more with. Cool. Yeah, and that was I actually just uh, checked out that the Grim uh, story just recently because I, I remembered it also being very cool digitally because it uh-huh. all you know the the word balloons popped and things faded out and it worked so well for the the story elements and everything else and that yeah that vision image is mm-hmm. amazing 
as far as you could look at that for hours and pick so much out of that. Um, right, right. Um, then we have Oscar, who I absolutely love. Uh, <laughs> Oscar is a d- giant bird, uh, this white bird with a blue beak, blue f- uh, feet and legs. Uh, in fact, I think he's referred to as blue beak at one point. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he reminds me of, uh, for a couple reasons, he Reminds me somewhat looks wise of the Chocobos from the Final Fantasy games. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and also because he travels really fast, which if you ever played the Final Fantasy games, you would ride the Chocobos to get someplace very quickly. Exactly. So, yeah. And Jeremy did base Oscar off of the Chocobos. Okay. Um, again, he this so this is his Jeremy's love letter. Right. In many ways. Um, so yes, and but Oscar does fly also. Okay. He runs and he can fly. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're going to talk about Garrick next. Yes, but, um, yes. Garrick, of course, rides him. And so it's like one of those, he's not just a character that's there. Oscar is there to, as a transportation. Yeah. As well as a companion. But yeah. Jeremy, when he was trying to come up with an idea, he didn't want to go with an actual Chocobo. Because, you know, he didn't want to rip off those things. He just right. wanted to pay homage to it. Right. So he was he was going back and forth. He was like, well, I can make a giant bird of prey, you know, really cool, like, you know, hooked beak, an eagle. And then he decided, no, I want to make a giant pigeon. <laughs> because nobody would expect a giant pigeon. Right. <laughs> and, and Oscar's tough, too. Like, he, oh, yeah, Oscar, he Oscar's... Doesn't, he doesn't shy away from anything. <laughs> no, he's, he's, right, he's right in the midst of everything. He's pretty much your, you know, very aggressive pigeon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And and, he, and it's funny because it is one of those characters where uh, you love him, but he's just. But he also makes you laugh because he's just so awkward looking uh, in uh-huh. general. Like this thing shouldn't exist as it is, but it does. So. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, like you mentioned, we do have Garrick, who is like this elf-like being. Uh, he's extremely good nature. Just like he's just like that positive person you always know. Like mm-hmm. no matter what day, no matter what's going wrong, what's going on, th- there's a Garrick character out there that's just like sees the light side of it, looks to have fun with whatever's going on, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, and he's just such a good matchup with Oscar and everything else. And and uh, right, and and truthfully, the way Jeremy had created the world for Skyward, it was a land that was filled with magic and things like that. You had the elves and the dwarves. It's kind of like your Middle Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And then after the legendary hero defeated the High King, you know, Link and Ganon, roughly, yeah. um, there was a divide that was created, and it kept, and the dwarves helped create this, and they pretty much stopped all magic from this main land. Um, now, the other side of the magical barrier... It's where the Brother Kings live, and they were able to find a way through the barrier. Yeah. But once this was all built, then everybody kind of had a falling out. The dwarves left and disappeared into, you know, the lower grounds. The elves actually moved up to the sky. Um, so they actually live in, like, these floating island type of things in the sky. And they're supposed to be the sky wardens. So they're supposed to fly and just keep an eye on things, but they're not supposed to interfere. But as we know from all comics, like Watu, they never not interfere. Right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and one of the things that is uh, 
that you start noticing throughout the series and, and it's, uh, you know, you see it with, uh, Quinn's sword and you see it and then Garrick we find has, you know, he has some special boots and so much like we've talked about with Legend of Zelda, there's, there's these magical items that keep popping up with different characters and everything else and, uh, that's, that's a lot of fun as well. Um, mm-hmm. then we get to my, I would say, so if Quinn was my favorite character and Abigail's my second favorite character, now we're getting into my third favorite character and i love these guys and that's the rabbites <laughs> i love the rabbites <laughs> my favorite my favorite is emmy who is the little short fat one who's yes. little breath totally doesn't quite fit over his belly yes <laughs> so to give our uh, audience some idea so these are it's a tribe of like humanoid rabbits uh right they dress kind of like gladiators uh and uh, right. uh the Best, uh, so again, just throwing the reference out there because we are that 80s, uh, podcast. So, uh, think of Usagi Ojimbo. Uh, exactly. Along those lines. And, uh, they live in this camp called Radish, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very, I, uh, I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Uh, I don't okay. know if you'll have any insight to that, but, um, so there's, there are, uh, three smaller rabbites. We have, uh, Shua, Emmy, and is it a cub or a cube? Uh, Acub. Okay. And uh, so their main leader is this huge, giant, yes. massive bodybuilder-looking rabbit named Ja. Yes. J A A. Now every single rabbit's name is a name that starts with a J, but the J is missing because that is their leader. So you have instead of Jimmy, it's Emmy. You have instead of Jacob, it's Acub. Instead of Joshua, you have Shua. Nice. So every every rabbi is connected to their leader because it's part of the name. Nice. And I will say, so uh, not that there's direct relations here, but to give, again, our listeners some ideas as far as personalities, I, uh, I'm i going to relate them a little bit to the Turtles, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles. So you have Shua, who's more like Raphael. He's the hothead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Emmy, who in uh, my mind is uh, like Michelangelo. He's, he's kind of the fun-loving, jovial one. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, Acub is like, uh, is kind of reminds me a little bit of a cross between Donatello and Leonardo a little bit. Uh, uh-huh. he's just kind of the, he's the, I guess, respectable one. <laughs> I, I always kind of, now that's interesting because I never thought of it as the turtles. Yeah. Um, I, 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 now Jeremy never actually agreed, never said this is, you know, but I always thought it had to do with the, the, um, Alvin Simon and Theodore. As oh, the Yeah. Hmm. And Simon is, you know, he's taller, like Acup right. is, and he's like the smart one. And then you have Shua, who's like Alvin, that's just kind of gung ho about everything. Right. And then Emmy is the sweet little chubby one. Yes. <laughs> like Theodore. Yes. But Jeremy never actually said if that's what he did or not. He just would smile and pat me on the head. <laughs> I can totally see that, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> um, now, like you said, they do live in the camp. Radish. Is there? A re- Do you know if there was any reason why the camp was called Radish? Did that? Um, Jeremy wanted to name it based off something that would be associated with rabbits. Okay. Um, and the funny thing is, so and if you look, every single rabbi looks different, which I'm still impressed that he pulled that off. Oh yeah. Um, and the story behind the the rabbis, a long time ago, they're part of the giant war, the original war. Um, the rabbites were betrayed by humans. That's and 
humans pretty much came and wiped out all the women and children and everything of Radish. So when all the warriors came back, there was nothing left except them. Which is also why they all, they've been very untrustworthy or not feeling trusting of humans. Sure. Um, and oh my goodness, Jeremy had so many plans for the rabbites. Like they were going to go up north and meet the snow bunnies. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, like I said, I, I love, they're, they're fun characters, but they're also the, the characters you don't mess with because mm-hmm. they are also dangerous. And yeah, when, when General, uh, Jock came out, I was like, I was like, okay, here's something different. Right. <laughs> He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of the Rabbits. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, then we have, uh, so, at, as you read the story too, you'll find out again, like I mentioned, we get introduced to more and more characters, but again, you get a real good feeling of these new characters pretty early on and Mm -hmm. you don't lose anything of the characters you've been getting to know. So, uh, which just amazes me that Jeremy was able to do that because I know so many stories I've read where it's like, also they bring a character back that I haven't seen for three issues. And I'm like, am I supposed to remember who this is? And, there was never a moment of that in Skyward, so... Um. Well, I think Jeremy did a really good job. Every single issue, he almost split it up into three little chapters. Yeah. So you had something going on with, like, Quinn and Jack. You had something going on with maybe the rabbis or with Abby and John. You had something going on with Garrick. I mean, so every issue, you get a little bit of from everybody. Yeah. And if their paths cross, then cool. But yeah. Yeah, it's like Jeremy like always split it up into like little mini chapters, yeah. which I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, and it never, nothing ever felt like just filler to show you those characters again. I, I felt like every time you saw characters, you got some more progression of those characters. So, right, right. Um, so then we have uh, Dom uh, or Dominic, and uh, mm-hmm. he is uh, the king's son uh, at Three Rivers. Um, Correct. Which I'm afraid to ask where Three Rivers came from because uh, I'm a Browns fan. So, <laughs> um, and then we have, uh, so with, with Dominic, uh, like I said, he's the son of the King, uh, King Edric, uh, and his mother's name is Aaron, uh, E-R-Y-N. And mm-hmm. he, he wants, you know, he's just eager to, it's almost like he's eager to get into the fight, but that's not really his reasoning behind it. It's just, he, he wants to be doing more. Um, and he wants to, when we first meet him, he wants to join the Royal Legion. He's actually a year older than when his father had to do. His father wants to really protect him. Um, and that protection doesn't last very long because he also runs into, uh, a childhood friend of his, Mia. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they've been friends since they were children. Uh, she, she kind of has a bit, like you were mentioning earlier with the, uh, the slog riders, uh, she's got a little bit of punk look to her. She's got the blue hair with the black uh, and everything else. Uh, and mm-hmm. even her even her outfit kind of gives me that punk, you know, goth chick look to it or something. Uh, right. Kind of like a a friend's, you're not sure, might be something more, you don't know. Right. But the whole thing is, like, clearly his parents would not approve of her in right. any sense, even as friends. So, of course, he's going to be friends with her. Of course. Of course. Um and she she really coaxes him to hey let's go find this army that we are, we are hearing about that's that's heading towards three rivers and uh and, and that not always the best 
decision to, yeah, let's go do something I shouldn't have been doing, shouldn't do. Right. <laughs> um, also wanted to uh, touch briefly. So those are some of the characters I wrote wrote down. You do re- meet some other like minor characters here and there, uh, mm-hmm. get, getting to know them. I also wanted to point out uh, just again the the world that was created here. Uh, Jeremy did such a great job of introducing not just characters but creating the world. And he had you know creatures like the the tree hogs and the bull uh, bull dragons, blood worms, and then like we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, the grim, which is this giant grizzly bear that can actually entrance its prey through this like one eye that it has. It has this icy stare that it can, it can just totally mesmerize somebody with. And usually mm-hmm. once that happens, you don't come back from that. So, uh, right. But, uh, I, I just love that he, he actually created like all these creatures and they looked very much like they would just live in this world. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a world building story. And I, I love world building stories. So, <laughs> He, he did uh, right. it was, doing that. Well, Jeremy's he would always say that he wanted to make sure that every time characters either interacted with them, with each other, with the environment, whatever it was, he always wanted to make it feel like they were actually there. It wasn't like, here's random building, and now here's person. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at some comics, they're very well drawn. But it almost looks like the characters are placed in the scene, opposed to actually being a part of it. Yeah. And I always felt like, and Jeremy's his big thing was he wanted it to feel like an actual world. So he tried everything he could, which is why in the background you do see Jack interacting with the squirrel. Right. Which appears to be following them the whole time. Yes. <laughs> and he was actually, the original idea for issue 10, he was going to have the Jack story. Okay. Um, and it was the entire issue was going to be kind of like everybody was sitting around like a a campfire and then telling stories and then everybody looks at jack and then jack goes woof and then he does his story (laughs) and how this entire story so far of skyward would be men from jack's perspective (laughs) and the whole time this stupid squirrel is annoying the crap out of him throwing acorns at him and is just following them and the squirrel has is nothing else other than just an annoyance it's I, not like a mastermind evil squirrel. It's just a squirrel that's annoying Jack the whole time. Now that well, you all the stuff going on. Now that you mention that, I feel like I remember reading that in the previews, uh, talking about Jack's story because I had pre-ordered all the way up as far as I could pre-order before it it uh, ended, and I kind of mm-hmm. remember like exactly what you're saying there. I'm like, I kind of remember hearing about that. <laughs> And maybe I just right. read it in the previews, uh, the preview solicits or something. So I'm really looking forward to the Jack story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I remember uh, something similar to that was, uh, which I think some people didn't enjoy, but I, but some people did. And being a dog lover as I am, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Was there was an issue of Hawkeye that was all told from the point of view of Pizza Dog, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and that was fantastic. So. Um, so, but, uh, so was there, is there anything or any elements, any characters, anything that I did not, that we did not touch on here that you think maybe readers would like to know about or any other inspirations that you can think of? Well, we only see a little bit of them, but later on you have Exodus. Yes. It's really cool. Like his mask and stuff is really cool. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, when I was talking about who's behind the mask at the very end of issue nine, Exodus reveals, and he is like this amazing fighter. 
and he reveals who he is, and Herod gives up, like, immediately. It's yeah. amazing. Sorry, that's like a spoiler. But <laughs> but pe- that's why people are like, who is behind the mask? Right. And it's... Jeremy actually had a whole plan of telling about Exodus. Like, there was going to be an extra... He had a couple extra ideas. So as the story of Skyward would progress, and they're collecting the different artifacts and stuff, he would then do the Exodus story as well. And then he wanted to take you to the Dark Land, where the Brother King is actually rule. And he was creating um, a group of, like, four brothers that were trying, that were starting to create a resistance from within their boundaries. So the army would then, the good army would then be built, 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 to, you know, bring the dwarves back, and try to bring the elves back and all that to fight against the the dark armies. And then behind the magical barrier, you've got a resistance going on at the same time. Like he had this, like I said, it was planned at least until issue 50. Wow, yeah, that's so, awesome. Um, but I've got plenty to work with if I do decide to take this to like a cartoon network or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's always a possibility. Yeah. I've got plenty to work with. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, it, and it's one thing Another thing that I really loved about the story as well is, um, and you kind of touched on it there, it's like these, all these different characters, all these little, almost really like misfit characters, which mm-hmm. believe me, t- for fans of this podcast, that was a lot of the stories in the 80s, a lot of the movies and everything else is like mm-hmm. these misfits all coming together and becoming uh, one unit and one force together to stop a, a larger evil and, uh, so, um, yeah, absolutely love that. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of the, uh, some of the things we're working towards because the mm-hmm. fantastic thing about, uh, this Kickstarter is that we know now that it is funded, uh, mm-hmm. which is, is so awesome because I don't think, John, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know we've talked about Kickstarters in the past. I don't think we've ever had one that we talked about that wasn't already at the funding level. I don't think so. No, that, that's yeah. I was not surprised at all yeah. when, when when we saw that. But uh, yeah, no, not surprised, yeah. but very very happy. <laughs> very very yes, very happy, but not surprised at all. So here's the thing I will tell listeners out there um, is that if you because I know some people have had bad experiences with Kickstarters in the past where something just didn't happen or anything like that, so that mm-hmm. held them from doing anything. Um, the fact that this is funded means that this is going to happen. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. So, uh, so if that's what's been holding you back, saying, "Well, you know what? I don't know if it's even get funded. I don't know if it's worth my my time, my money, and anything else." It's going to be. It's going to happen. So, it is yes. totally worth your time and totally worth your money. Um, Definitely check it out. Yeah. So, I, and I'm going to have a link for the Kickstarter. I've already posted the link. Uh, in the past on our, our Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter, everything. But I'm going to repost it again. I'm also going to put it in the show notes. So on the actual Star Joe's website, you'll be able to, with this episode, you'll be able to see it uh, in the description there as well. So there's absolutely awesome. no excuse for not, being able, for not being able to find this at all. So um, right. so some of the stretch goals we have. So we've, we've already reached, I believe it was one of the stretch goals already. Yeah, we have. Um, so the Kickstarter going until March 8th, 
which I'll explain the significance of that later. But um, so the goal was $20,000. Now, the purpose of this Kickstarter is not to make a giant profit or anything like that for me. The purpose of this is to bring out Skyward to the fans for closure for everybody. So that the 20000 would be enough to do the giant omnibus, to actually mail it out to everybody, and to, all of that stuff is covered, plus being able to pay my creative teams. Because, right. um, again, I am certainly not the artist that like Shannon is or Jeremy was. Um, <clears throat> so we did, at, currently we're at, we have eight days left, and we're at 21940 which is awesome. And... Our first stretch goal was at was twenty one hundred. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, twenty one thousand. So when we hit that twenty one, then what we're gonna do is I'm gonna actually release um, Skyward at the Skyward Omnibus as a digital download. So that way, some people prefer that, and that's gonna now be available. The second stretch goal that we have set up is at twenty three. Thousand. Yep. If we hit that, then I'm going to make um, the Skyward Omnibus. I'm going to do it right, which is why it's costing a little bit more. It's going to be hardcover. It's going to be on, you know, it's going to be really good on good paper. When we hit twenty three thousand, then I can actually do a lot of fancy stuff to the cover. So it's going to be even better. Awesome. Um, and then if we hit twenty six thousand, then we w- I will do um, issue ten as a single issue. And I'm actually really excited about that one. I really hope we hit 26,000 because I I know there's a lot of collectors out there that would love the single issue of issue 10 to add to their collection as well as the omnibus. Yeah, you're talking to one of them. So this <laughs> this is the one that I am super excited about. This is the one I'm like, please, let's reach this level because as much as I love the omnibus and it's going to look beautiful on my shelf and everything else, I, I have collected all the single issues. I want this issue 10 in a single issue as well. So. <laughs> right. Now, yeah, with... I, with that mm-hmm. issue ten, is there any thoughts or not yet? Because we're, we're we're not near there yet. Is there any thoughts as to what that cover is going to be, or like? Um, um I'm kind of going back and forth um, for the for issue ten. Okay. Um, there's a couple ideas that I have in mind, and what I'm going to do is get my creative team together. So I'm going to show these ideas to Shannon and to Tom and a couple other people. Okay. And to kind of get a consensus on what they think would be like the best type of cover. Cool. Very cool. And then we have, uh, if we reach 28,000, uh, everyone will receive a f- fancy Skyward bookmark and a nameplate for the omnibus, which. Right. And it's going to be like, you know, this, bo- this book belongs to. Yeah. We're going to make it super fancy and super nice for you guys. Very cool. And then 30,000, if we happen to do that. Then we will definitely have like Skyward T-shirts and stuff like that. So the only people that will ever have these T-shirts are the ones that actually helped with the Kickstarter. Yeah, and and I and I was like after I, I saw because initially there was just the I think twenty six thousand was the initial uh, end to the stretch goals, and at least I was super excited about that. And then I saw the thirty thousand one when it came out. I was like, I want a Skyward T-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so talk about some of the reward like the reward levels that are out there that people, uh, I know we won't touch on all of them, but some of, some of the ones that right. maybe are of a note for people. And Okay. Um, well, and I tried to set the incentives up as like a price point for everybody. 
Um, so, of course, you can make a donation. If you don't really want anything, but you just want to donate, you're more than welcome to do that. But I really hope that you at least get an omnibus. Because that's, again, the purpose of this is to get this out there for everyone. But we have like a $15 pledge, a $25 pledge, where you'll get a thank you card that's signed by both me and Kirby the dog, a.k.a. Jack. <laughs> which he's not too happy with me using his little paw and like putting it in <laughs> stamping a bunch of cards. But, you know, he's, he's dealing with it. He'll get so. over it. Right, it's the good for you know, the good cause. Um, if we have a fifty dollar pledge, and for fifty dollars you get the omnibus itself, um, which I will say, if anyone has ever looked at omnibus editions in the past, you will pay fifty dollars or more for a mm-hmm. good omnibus. So I was amazed at the price of the omnibus. To be very honest, like I was like, that is a, a fantastic price uh, to to get something this amazing out there. So. Right. And and again, it's going to be it's a complete series for four people. Um, And I actually have it all explained in there, too. Um, We have the colors of Skyward, which is like at seventy five dollars. If you get the omnibus, get the thank you card and then you get three different prints. um, Some of Jeremy's favorites. Um, And so every price point past that, of course, it goes up. But I try to do something special, like there's the surprise package where you get, of course, the omnibus. You're always going to get the omnibus and the thank you card. But then you might get some prints. You may get like surprise issues of you will get three of them. It could be a trade. It could be issue two. It could be issue six variant cover. I mean, you, you don't know. So it's going to be a surprise. Um, and then it goes up like you can actually you can actually get um, some of Jeremy's original roughs his preliminary drawing, which is done on 11 by 17 paper. He draws all of every page. He drew it out in blue line first, and then he would light box it. That's how he kept his pencils so tight. Oh, wow. So for those who don't know, Skyward is pencil straight to color. There's no inks to it. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you want some of his actual artwork of Skyward, but you might not be able to afford it, you can actually get his roughs, and the roughs are really nice. Um, so there is a limited backers, a backer amount on that, but there's still plenty of left where you can get the um, rough pages. And then there's a lot of different comic artists um, that have contributed. Some of them have contributed original artwork. Uh, that would be the Skyward covers. Some of them just did it as digital. So, for example, we have like a $200 pledge um, in your guest artist is Kari uh, Randolph, who is getting really big in Marvel right now. Mm-hmm. He did a beautiful piece of um, of Abigail, and um, you can get like like all of the issues, issues one through nine, the free comic day issues, all the variant covers. You get a blank sketch cover that Kari said that he will actually, if you bring it to him, whoever takes this package. Whatever show you give him the sketch cover and the little voucher that will be included, and he will do a free sketch for you. That's fantastic. It's great. Plus, plus you get a print since for his it's a digital artwork. Mm-hmm. You get a, the only print that is ever going to be made of his piece. So you will get like that that artwork. Um, same type of thing for David Peterson, Tom Zoller, uh, Mike Norton. We do have have a piece by Phil Noto as well. And then we do have like a 
actual Jeremy Dale sketch cover of Abby, um, where it's pretty much one of the last pieces he ever drew. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually have the original artwork by Kelly Yates, uh, Craig Russo, Christy Russo, um, uh, Kat Staggs, Todd Knock. Uh, we even have a Mark Buckingham and a Gene Ha. Nice. Mm-hmm. And we've had, uh, well, we've had Chris G on the show before, and you guys are very nice. familiar with uh, with his artwork and everything. Yeah, I love G Man. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, um, now Chris was Chris's piece is cool because it's paying homage to the very first uh, um, cover of Skyward. So right. he's doing like an homage cover. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And some of the artists have agreed to doing a free sketch, and some of them haven't agreed. You know, they haven't gotten back to me actually yet. But some of them, you, you will be getting that blank sketch, but some of them you are going to also get the voucher saying that they will do a free sketch for you. Yeah, and one of them uh, I'm a fan of is uh, Mark Buckingham. Uh, I love him. Oh, he's fantastic. So, And such a night. I mean, it's one of, he's one of those creators, too. We've talked about this on the show many times. Uh, there are creators that when you meet them, they live up to everything you were hoping they would be. And he is definitely one of them. He's just, he's super nice and super appreciative of his fans. So, Oh yeah. Um, and he did a piece, um, and Bucky, um, he actually also said that he will do a free sketch for somebody as well. Yeah. Um, and then, and those of course range for a couple hundred, but then we go up even higher. Um, like, we have the hardcore fan packages. So, I want to make sure, because again, this is kind of Skyward is this omnibus Kickstarter is kind of my final farewell, right? So, I want to make sure that the artwork that I, I have available is given to people who are going to truly appreciate it. So, the hardcore fan packages, now they are a little pricey because they're at like 2500 but you can actually own, if not the entire issue, Almost the entire issue. Like, there might be one or two pages possibly missing, and I have it all listed. Yeah. Um, but you can actually, if your favorite issue is issue three, you can actually own every piece of artwork that Jeremy drew for issue three. Yeah, and I really loved how you listed it all out as far as, like, this one has all the pages except for maybe this particular one. Uh, and, uh, and it really helps people. So if they're looking at the issues or they have it digitally mm-hmm. or something like that, they can really see like all that they're, they would be getting as far as the original artwork. So exactly. Um, and like I said, the hardcore fan ones are a little bit more pricey, but you are getting uh, like at least 20 pages of original artwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. So and I would, I would really love for these pages to be able to go to people true fans who just would appreciate it. Right. I feel the exact same way. (laughs) Right. Because right now they're all sitting very carefully and neatly in a drawer. (laughs) (laughs) They're being very well protected, but yes, I I have a lot of Jeremy artwork. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I ran out of wall space. Um, yeah, so uh, we're recording this. Uh, tonight is the uh, 27th of February. I am mm-hmm. hoping to work on some of the episode tonight and hopefully get it out tomorrow. So when you're hearing this, uh, we'll have about a week left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, oh, wanted thank to get. You, Ryan. Oh, yeah, I want to get this out as fast as possible. So, um, yes, please. 
Uh, And I wanted to give, I wanted you to talk about the significance of when this is all culminating for. Yes. Thank you. I mean, I almost forgot. So the importance of March 8th. So the Kickstarter itself, and I'm just going to let everybody know because some people have never done a Kickstarter before. A Kickstarter is set up where you pick a end date. And so it will be March 8th at 5 p.m. The Kickstarter is over. So make sure you get your omnibus before then. Um, and only at that time, we have to hit the end time, end date. And if we hit our goal, which is the 20000 which we have, only then will your credit card be charged. So um, if you want, say, the um, Die Hard Fan Package, but you don't have $2,500 right this second, but you will next week, you can pledge the amount, but you won't be charged until March 8th. Okay, so I want to get that out there. The significance about March 8th is that actually would have been mine and Jeremy's 15th wedding anniversary. So this is doing this omnibus and ending it on what would have been our 15th wedding anniversary is kind of, like I said, this is very much, for me, a very personal farewell. You know, getting a, a... a lot of a lot of closure again, not just for the fans, but also for me. Sure, absolutely. And uh, and if you ever, uh, I I do want to mention. Uh, I don't have the episode listed here. I'll, I'll again, I'll put it in the show notes and everything else. But if you ever want to hear what a wonderful guy Jeremy was uh, <laughs> for all of us, uh, we did do a tribute episode shortly after he had passed away. Uh, you'll get to, mm-hmm. you would get to hear Shannon. Uh, myself, John, talk about him. And you also get to hear interviews that Jeremy had. So you actually get to hear from the man himself uh, in that episode. Mm-hmm. So uh, definitely go back if you've not heard that episode and check it out. And uh, if nothing else, that hopefully will inspire you even more so to want to to do this Kickstarter and see this amazing piece of work that, that he was creating. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a really good job on that previous thing. Thank you. Previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was. I, I love listening to old podcasts of Jeremy because you can just hear the excitement and passion in his voice for what he does. Yes, absolutely. And, and Kelly, you're planning to be at Heroes this year, right? Yes. Um, so, part of the way the Kickstarter I have set up is um, what I would like to do, especially if we can gain enough um, uh, pledges and everything. Um, I want to bring myself as well as Shannon down to, to Heroes. Um, Heroes is one of Jeremy's favorite shows. And that way, people, you're more than welcome. If you have pledged, you can pick your, your omnibus up there if you want it. Um, if not, it's going to be shipped in July. Um, but it would be just, again, a very nice way to kind of say goodbye. Not that I'm going to be completely gone from shows, but I probably won't be behind the table. <laughs> sure. So I'll be at shows for as a fan and not, you know, as a creator's wife. Any last thoughts, John or Kelly, uh, before we kind of wrap things up here? Um, I don't think so. Um, I really appreciate all the love and support that we've gotten so far on the Kickstarter. It's been amazing and the outpouring of just support. Um, and my goal is I want everybody to love the series and, um, there's a slight chance that 
Um, I might be able to get some of the omnibuses into comic shops, but I can't guarantee that. So if you do want a Skyward omnibus, make sure you pledge now to make sure you do get it. Absolutely. And I will, I, again, I cannot stre- stress it enough. If you're someone that really hasn't been familiar with omnibus editions before or anything like that, um, the, the price for this omnibus, you should totally jump all over it because it is a, a extremely uh, fair and reasonable price for an omnibus of this level. And uh, I am super excited. Uh, like I said, I, I, I can't gush enough about Skyward and how much I enjoyed it. And to know that mm-hmm. it was created by such a, a great, great guy. And to know that, Kelly, that you yourself are like behind this and everything else and, and putting this out there. Mm-hmm. I know, I know your passion behind it as well. So, um, mm-hmm. so like, I, I truly implore anyone, like you said, do it now because later on it could be very, very difficult to find these because the fans of Skyward do not want to let these things go when they have them. <laughs> no, that's very true. Oh, and I, and I must mention too that Skyward, like you said, Jeremy brought it out originally as a little graphite edition until he got it picked up through Action Lab. And Action Lab, the comic company, has been putting out issues one through nine, of course. Uh, And they have actually graciously um, allowed me to do the Kickstarter completely apart from them because they know the importance of this for me. So because they know the importance of the Skyward Omnibus for me in doing this for myself um, as a goodbye, they... Um, even they are not going to have the omnibus unless they buy it themselves. Right. <laughs> so it's not going to put it through, through them. And I have to say, they have been very, very gracious um, because it would be very easy to try to take something like this away from me and take it over because yeah. it would make money. Yeah. Um, but they, they've they been really awesome about it, I have to admit. That's awesome. That's great. John, uh, how? so we're going to close things up. John, any last thoughts from you? And then also, how can people find you? Sure. I, I will just say, I kind of pulled behind the curtain. I, I knew a lot about what was going on because Shannon told me, and, and I kept it quiet. And I was just so, so incredibly excited uh, to see this happen. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. You know where to find me. Please support this book. Please support Kelly. Um I'm just, uh, I, I'm so happy this is happening. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's, it's just a tremendous tribute to a great, great dude. And, um, yeah, that's all I got to say tonight. Thank, Kelly, thank you for joining us. I, I really, it's great to catch up. I'm, it has been way too long and I definitely appreciate you coming on. No problem. It really has been way too long. Hopefully you guys will be at heroes. So we can, leave. I will just tell you now, unfortunately I'm not, <laughs> I'm going to be at a work thing in Chicago, sadly. Um, yeah, we're we're very disappointed. But, oh. yeah. yeah. Well, we'll have to definitely catch up another time. Yes, definitely. absolutely. I will say I've never been to Heroes, but I really want to make an effort to be there this year. So uh, if honest, and I mean this very sincerely, if nothing else, I would love to see you again. Because the <laughs> first time we met was very much in passing, and I was just very, very much a new, I was very much a newbie to all of, the world that Jeremy was creating at that time. So, um, right. so I absolutely would love to, to have the opportunity to meet you in, in person there. So, um, so just to, uh, so again, Kelly, thank you so much for, 
for making this happen, for coming on the show. I I am so, so grateful. So, Well, I appreciate you guys letting me be on the show today. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, everyone, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. Uh, you can follow, and when you ask to be part of the group page, group community, uh, I will approve it the second I see it. And then uh, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Starjoes Podcast. You can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 440-941-JOES. Uh, and we'll play the voicemail on the air uh, and respond to it. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing sometimes. But <laughs> and uh, that's that would be true. Yes. <laughs> uh, please leave us iTunes review. Uh also follow the YouTube channel, uh, which I'm actually hoping probably in the next day or two, I'm going to do a, a very short uh, YouTube clip as well to help promote the uh, the Kickstarter and get that out there quickly as well for the uh, initially right now, the small group of YouTube followers I have there, but they're, they're small but mighty. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, and like John has said many times, uh, if we didn't cover it this time, we'll cover it next time. But we'll go ahead and close this episode by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. <laughs>